0: So this morning, I am going to be talking about, are you full or are you empty? Um, And I wanted to start by telling a story um, because of the importance of like hearing what is spoken. And I love this story and I feel like it will speak to our hearts. So we're two men from the USA who fought in World War II together. One was raised on a First Nation Indian reservation out in the frontier, and the other was just your all-American boy. They were both 18 years old at the time they joined up to fight, and they fought in Normandy and throughout Europe together. And during this time, they made a pact. On the end of the war, if they both survived, they would meet up once more 20 years later, they would meet in New York City, and they picked a specific street. Back in those days, you don't have cell phones, sometimes letters would go missing, so they're like, we'll meet at this time on this street, 20 years on. So the war continued for another year and then finally came to an end, and both young men survived. They parted ways and headed back to their homes. 20 years on, as promised, they both made their way to New York City and met up on the very street at the very time they had agreed to. The all-American guy had become a banker when he had left the war, and through training and many wise investments, he became a very successful businessman. Life was fast-paced for him, and he loved it. He had worked hard to get where he was. The First Nation, Indian American, had become the chief on a reservation where he was brought up, and had continued to live on the land and lead his people. Meeting up 20 years later brought back many memories, and they greeted one another as friends. Who had never been apart and as they walked along the street they spoke about old memories of their time together during the war and what they had been up to since that time deciding on a place to go and eat the businessman who had started walking a bit faster as this was the pace that he was used to suddenly realized that his friend was no longer next to him he turned around to look through the crowds for his friends searching everywhere with his eyes they They were on one of the busiest streets in New York City. Traffic was going, crowds were milling past, people were busy trying to get to their work. And after a few moments, he eventually picked out his friend from the crowd a few streets back, standing still, looking up to the heavens and smiling. So the businessman, a little confused, made his way back to his friend and said, what are you doing? His friend replied, can you hear that? Hear what? There's a crowd, and it's so noisy, I can't hear anything, said the businessman, other than what's around us. Can you hear the sound of that bird? What bird? replied the businessman. And as his eyes followed his friend's pointed finger, he noticed an eagle perched on the edge of a skyscraper at least 25 floors above them. The businessman looked at him and said, how can you hear that through all this noise? Let me show you, he said. Do you have some change in your pocket?" The businessman reached into his pocket and produced a handful of change, which he gave to his friends. Watch. As people were bustling by on the sidewalk, his friend threw the change to the floor and it began to hit the ground. As passers by all of a sudden stopped and frantically started searching towards the ground, their eyes searching for the loose coins that were rolling around. And as the businessman watched, his friend turned back to him and said, You'll always hear what you love. So this morning, um, Matt asked me to combine a little bit of what I do. I'm with Youth with a Mission. It's a worldwide organization. We train up young people. We take them all over the world, and we share the gospel with those that haven't heard it before. Um, But Matt wanted me to combine it this morning with Ephesians 4.10. So this is three verses for Ephesians 4.10. And the thing that stood out to me most, was filling all things. So he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And there's something that we do in Youth with a Mission. When we have individuals come, they volunteer and they come to their first training program. And the first day we meet with them, we say, it's not about you. And it sounds strange because they're coming to work through some things so they can go minister to others. But it still stands. It's not about you. I don't know if you've ever had like so much food in one meal where... You're so full, you don't know what to do, and it has to be emptied somewhere. Like, you have to get rid of the fullness in your stomach, because otherwise you'd be so sick. So either way, it's going to come out. And God wants to fill us with his word and fill us with his message. So we're so full, we go and empty it out into the world. The world knows him. And it's like recycling over and over again. So this is what I want to challenge you with. I want to kind of tell you what the world states right now, but who God is in it. So the world today tells us to pick up and choose what we want to follow. But God is in everything and every road leads to him. And I've seen it so many times in the nations. We sent a team to a closed nation. And it was a place where they had an underground church and houses. But in order to get to the church, you had to stagger the times that you went. The church service was at 2 in the afternoon, but from like 6 a.m. until 2, people had to stagger in teams of no more than two people to go to this one building so that it wouldn't be seen that it was unusual that a lot of people were gathering in the same building. And then every week they would change the location. And so this tea, two of these people were going towards this this area and they noticed this house and it had like painted patterns on the side posts of the door and above on the mantel, and they were looking at it and the odin was stood, sat next to the doorstep and they were like what does this mean he's like i don't know but my ancestors have been here for several years now and when we moved in they painted it I have no idea why. And he said, but several of us do this on our mantle because we feel like it's a protection. It brings us good fortune. And so they looked at it, and then he said, can, can we kind of share where we think this might have come from? And so the guy was like, okay. So they were like, long ago, there was um, a people group, Jews, and they lived in Egypt. And there was a lot of slavery in Egypt for them. And God did so many miracles to get them out of Egypt. And one day, the leader wasn't listening. So he was like, I will protect my people through my final judgment on this country, and you will go free. But I want you to take the blood of a lamb, and I want you to paint the mantelpiece. And I want you to paint the sides of the doors, and it will keep you safe. And I want you to close your door this night, and focus on the things that I tell you to do. So They explained the story about the Jews protecting themselves when the final plague came to Egypt. And the guy started thinking and he was like, well, that's a great story and maybe that kind of rings true. I kind of remember stories, but it's told differently here through superstition and things like that. And they're like, can we tell you another story? And so they started to share the gospel and right there and then the guy gave his life to God and they took him to the church group and he's been going ever since. So I see that there's like doors open, but you've got to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the heart ready to share. The world dictates how we identify ourselves, what is acceptable and what is not, depending on the latest trend. It causes confusion, which hinders relationships. I don't know if you've ever tried to talk to somebody and they're non-binary now, and you're trying to navigate the conversation to respect them, but at the same time, you know that they are a man or they are a woman. And you want to invest in that because God created them. He, it's like his artwork. Each one of us are individual and unique, and we're created, and he took a long time to create us. And when we were created, we came out. And by saying that we're something else is cheating his design on our life. God says, I painstakingly created you and I love you every single bit. And if you spend time with me, you will change and start to see change happen in your heart. And just see how strong and capable I made you to be. Don't confuse it. The world says, get this now, have this instantly. God knows when the time is right, when we are truly ready, and he always gives a choice. And his timing is better than ours, because he sees more. Society has placed the God of self before God himself. In choosing this, we are independent and are unable to co-create with him. So many people that are like, if I pick this part of Jesus and this part of the gospel pertaining to my lifestyle, then I will be fulfilled. Yet we see a world where anxiety exists and it's rising. And we see people still searching for the truth. People tend to listen to bad news sometimes and they give up. Causes don't give up, pray. Or two or more gathered in my name, I will do great things. When people avoid the difficult moments in their lives, they cheat themselves out of learning the hard lessons that take them to a new place in their relationship with God. And in turn, they can develop new skills and wisdom and it will bless others that are struggling. People avoid seeking truth and, and do what feels right. Now, here's a picture of a truck. You've got the front of the truck and you've got the truck bed. Imagine this truck going down a steep hill and there's a bend coming. Imagine if this truck said to the truck bed, what do you want to do? Where should we go? And the truck bed says, full steam ahead, we're going to keep going. But it doesn't take the corner and the truck goes off the cliff edge. This is a bit like us and our emotions. The truck bed is our emotions, but the truck head is the truth. And so we need to always look at the truth through what we're going through. Emotions change and they're never steady. And sometimes they take us to a place where it's dark and it's, it's hard. But we need to always look at the truth and we always need to stand firm on the truth. Culture doesn't trust in a relationship with God, but God stands with his arms outstretched, waiting, forgiving. He sees everything We see ourselves in a human world with limitations. God sees the possible and the impossible and he wants to grab it and go with us. Something else we tell our students is when you go on outreach, it's easy to go and it's easy to feel what's going on in that country. It's easy to see the hard things. When you go to places like India, when you go to places like the Middle East, you're gonna see things that you're not used to because it's culturally different. But we have a responsibility wherever we go to bring down heaven to earth. We have the responsibility to show the character of God and who he is. But if we hinder that and we step back and we let the culture dictate, we won't see breakthrough. So we need to listen and we need to see with the eyes and ears of God. Forgiveness is replaced with hatred and demands to make amends. God stands and says, give me your hurts, your wounds. Let me take on that judgment when you heal. The burden is too much to carry by yourself and it can be isolating. It brings on anxiety, has people focused on their flaws, which hinders relationships once again and brings a self-focus. Let the light into the darkness until the darkness fades away. And so I feel like sometimes... We do get caught up in our problems because they are big and we feel so small. And something we did on our base was we looked at our schedule as staff and our schedule is very busy. It's like very busy. And we decided to get together as staff and we decided to pray and be like, we need to be able to bring God into the start of our day, even more so. Like we're encouraged to have time with God in the mornings before we do anything. We're like, as a community, we need to do that. So we looked at our schedule and prayed, and we felt like God said, I want you to get together as a community, and I want you to worship together for one hour before you start anything else. And We were like, this is going to be really impossible. We're not going to get everything done that we need to do. We have things to prepare. We have groups that are going out. We, we don't know how we're going to fit it. And God was like, just trust me. So we were like, okay. So we've been doing this now for five years. And we get more work done than we've ever done before in a shorter time. And we spend a whole hour just worshiping God and focusing on him and praying and asking him what he wants for the nations. And we're seeing more breakthrough in the nations because of it. So I encourage you, like, if you are going through something and you have moments where you're like, I don't know if I can do this, put on some worship music and sit and listen to the words and pray and tell God, honestly, this is what I'm going through and I need breakthrough. Show me how. And he may not speak right away, but he does show you. The world looks at its insolvable problems sits in despair because the solution is not happening fast enough. And God says the solution will come with me, but in the journey it's important because the journey builds an unshakable foundation and teaches you things that you would never know if you skipped it. So my challenge to you is this. Are we going to walk forward no matter what it takes? and accept the challenges that come our way so that we can achieve bigger things. We had a team and we sent them to Tanzania because Tanzania during COVID was an open country. The leader of Tanzania decided to do a COVID test on a pineapple and a human being, and both came back negative. So he's like, we don't believe in your testing. We'll have, we'll keep our country open And we've been praying for open countries because we were like, we really need to still invest in what God is doing in nations where it's hard to get to, where we can send teams that are willing to go in the hard places. And so we've been sending teams there now for the last three years consistently. So every three months, the team will go and a team will come back. and they've started to really pray over the land and they've started to really seek God for the people there. And we're also helping to translate the Bible into languages that aren't available yet. And so we're doing a lot of work there. But there's this one team and they landed and they were taken to this village. And they were at the YWAM base there. And they came out and they hadn't even started doing ministry yet. And the team leaders themselves had never prayed for healing over anybody before, but they'd always wanted to, but they were like, the opportunity hasn't come up yet. And we're leading our team, so no matter what it takes, we're gonna do it. So they're sat there, they're eating breakfast out in the open, and they see this man with half a leg, with a stick, leaning on this blind man, and this man is telling this blind man where to go, and the blind man is being the support for the man without the leg. And they're coming up this hill and they get there and they talk to the translator and the translator is like, oh, they heard that, that you, with the mission is here again. And they've come because they've heard great things about what God can do and they're wondering if you could help them. So team leader's okay. It's our first time. Let's, let's do this. So they got up and they surrounded the guy that couldn't see and they were like tell the translator we're going to pray for his eyes So the translator's like great so the team leader himself puts his hands on the eyes and the team surrounds him and they pray they let go and they're like can you see anything and the guy's like i can see light but i can't see much more it's so like okay we're gonna we're gonna pray again because we need to see full healing so they put their hands over his eyes and then when they pull them away again the guy is looking around, and they're like, can you see? He's like, I can see. I can see everything. And so the team leader is like, wow, this is amazing. And he's really excited because he's never prayed for healing before, so he's like all about it. He's like, we're going to do the guy with the leg next. So they're praying for this guy. He's got a leg to his knee. Um, he got in an accident with a car and had to have his leg amputated a long time ago, and then he wasn't able to work. And the guy that's blind wasn't able to work. so They weren't able to support their family. So the YWAM base had been helping them. But now the blind man can see, he's excited, because he can get a job. And they're praying for this guy with the leg, and the leg grows back right in front of them. And so they, like, just stand there in awe. In fact, one of the girls got so overcome, she fainted on the floor, so they had to deal with that. But the team leader was looking at this guy that had just gained sight. You see him like getting on the floor and picking up a stone and being like, "Wow!" Like, so in awe of like everything around him, and like he realized God wants to be in awe of everything. He wants us to be ready at any moment because He's already filled things up. Creation already worships Him, you know. There's been videos and recordings of crickets in America. And then the scientists sped up this video and it sounded like an orchestra playing and not the annoying cricket sound that you hear. You know, when you get crickets stuck in your room somewhere, you're like, I've got to get that sucker out of here. I'm not going <laughs> to sleep. But this like was amazing. And it just sounded like a professional orchestra playing music to something. So God creates so much and we're just discovering probably this much. But if we pray the kingdom of heaven down and if we do what God tells us to do and if we bring the character of God to people around us and if we show them that there is more to this than our own limitations, even if you feel like you're not the one to do it, you don't have the skill set, sometimes God is like, but you do have a skill set, and if you do this, you actually will learn how to do this. you have more confidence in yourself moving forward, and I can reshape your life, but I can also bring joy and revelation to others. And so I really want to encourage you. Are you full with God, and are you ready to empty it into the nations and into the UK and into Cornwall where we really need it? and to bring people's true identity to them by showing them God loves you, he created you this way. You're not a mistake. You can change your life. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we go to heaven and people are worshiping and just nations are worshiping together? Nations from hard places, nations from good places. I know that we've been praying as well for um, certain countries that I can't mention by name. Um, we had a team in a country and they knew that an army was coming that was not for them or their country that would be against Christianity, that would intently kill Christians if they found them. So this team prayed and they're all from that country and they felt like we, we need to stand strong on this. So they left the country, they went to a neighboring country, they had YWIM ship as many Bibles and things as they could to them in their language. And then they said, pray for us, we're going back in, and we're not coming out. And so they took these Bibles, they've gone into the nation, and as a result, the church is growing. It's multiplying, and it can't be controlled, and it cannot be stopped. Sometimes, or most of the time, like we hear in YWAM of nations that are closed and places that people are like, the gospel never thrives. And those places are the places where people know the cost. They know what's going to happen, and they're willing to go in and fill it with the love of God and fill it with his character. And they see like, people just coming in streams. They've had to, like, they went from three house churches before this happened. There's now over 50 house churches around that country that are thriving, and their aim is not just to meet one another and encourage one another, but to meet those that have invaded their space and bring the love of God to them. Because if you don't do that for those that come, then the world won't change. So are you brave enough when it feels uncomfortable enough to actually go and meet with someone that you're like, this could never happen, and see what God can do? Just like Paul when he was given his sight. You know, can you imagine that guy that God was like, I want you to go and restore Paul's sight? He's like, I'm not going, man. He's going to kill me. But he went, and look at the work that he did. So are we willing to fill the world with God and are we willing to go out and do what it takes that you.